four of college football is here, y'all. This is the y'all kickoff show as we get you ready for all of the football action here on this end of the week edition of the y'all show, a celebration of all things college football with your host, John Rawl. Oh man, if we got some great matchups going on this weekend, we'll walk through all of the fun. We've got a look at the top 25 action here at the start of today's y'all kickoff show. And then we'll segue to the Atlantic Coast Conference in the next segment. And boy, oh boy, is the ACC ready to flush last week. Week three was a disaster for most of the ACC. And this week offers the Atlantic Coast Conference a new start, a new beginning for ACC football. And we'll talk to Jonathan Leifide of 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports Digital in our next segment, getting you ready for all of the ACC fun. And then as we wrap up this first hour of the Y'all Kickoff Show, our friend, our general, our field marshal of football foretelling, General Gridiron is poised to make another appearance, and he's going to walk through all of the football Saturday action And you can compare notes after the day is done and find out just how well the general did with his predictions. The field marshal, the general, will be on in just a little bit with his take on all things college football. And when we move into the second hour of the Y'all kickoff show today, we will have the SEC front and center. And you're going to listen at a point in the second hour to a fellow who's currently hoping to be the next U.S. senator for the state of Alabama. So why is the Y'all show putting on its political hat, its kickoff show putting on its political hat here today? That's because there's a certain guy named Tommy Turberville who's running for Senate in Alabama in 2020. And he is going to weigh in about not only politics, that's really hardly what he talks about in the clip, but he's going to talk about this weekend's big Auburn at Texas A&M game. In fact, Tommy Tuberville, before becoming a head coach at Ole Miss and then moving on to Auburn, he was an assistant at College Station for the Aggies back in the 1990s. And Coach Tuberville had a chance to visit this week with our friends, the Tex Ags Maroon and White Report. And you're going to get to hear a listen of his conversation with Gabe Bach of that website and the second hour. Tommy Tuberville, Mr. Pine Box, Ole Miss fans. He's going to be on at the start of the second hour talking about not only what's going on this weekend with Auburn and Texas A&M, but what, what else he's got going on in college football. You're going to enjoy hearing that. Plus, we're going to run down all of this weekend's SEC games. And I think that A&M-Auburn game is probably the best game on the schedule. At least it's the CBS game of the week. But there's some other fun things going on in SEC football that we'll kind of walk you through when we get to the second hour of today's show. And don't forget, we'll have our Big 12 Spotlight and our barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans will be on for that. He'll tell us a little bit about how you can pull out something that you might not think of when it comes to game days as we start his Big 12 feature, we'll actually get him to do double duty and talk a little grilling for a moment. He's going to talk about popcorn and how you can make your popcorn have a little Memphis-styled barbecue-influenced popcorn here on game day. And he'll go from that, talking about barbecue and popcorn, to talking about the Big 12 lineup this weekend. And we'll get his take on what's going on with the different Big, T- Big 12 contests here this very weekend. All that 
in the second hour. Plus, as we wrap up our show today, we'll have our college football land yet where we look at a group of five list of games and some FCS games. In fact, we've got news on the FCS front that you're not going to believe coming out of Florence, Alabama. As last weekend, Alabama A&M, the historically black college from Normal, Alabama, just north of Huntsville, they played North Alabama, I think the first time these two had ever played in Florence. And UNA's recently moved up to the FCS ranks, the UNA Lions, and there was some bad blood. And Alabama A&M, the coach there, said they're done playing the North Alabama Lions. We'll tell you a little bit more about that when we have our FCS coverage coming up in the second hour. Plus, speaking of FCS coverage, we've got a little bit of fun at the ACC, well, rather at the SEC's expense. You'll hit today in today's show, you'll get to hear Dabo Sweeney of Clemson kind of put a little jab toward SEC football schools, all because of what happened to the Georgia Tech and the Yellow Jackets in, in week three and how he can turn that in and then poke the SEC in the eye. You're not going to believe the correlation and all that's coming up here on today's Y'all Kickoff Show with your host, John Rawl. Hey, if you want to connect to us, we welcome your feedback. Our telephone number, 803-816-1170. Our website, y'all.com. And you can also find us on a couple of different apps if you have an iPad or if you have an iPhone, you can find us at the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or the Apple Podcast apps. They're all free of charge. You just simply have to search for Y'all Show. And voila, we're sitting right there awaiting your free download. Can't wait for you to listen to it. And more importantly, share it with your friends. And of course, each day we do a show all about the South called the Y'all Show. But on Fridays heading into the weekend, we have the Y'all Kickoff Show, what you're listening to right now. And this is a two-hour excursion of all things Southern college football with a little bit of other information thrown in for, for good measure too, mostly related to things that have to do with the South. But sometimes we will talk about other Yankee teams. And actually, to start out talking a little Yankee football, well, well, we'll actually go out West, if you don't mind. Of course, the West Coast guys getting things kicked off here this football weekend with some Friday night lights, Utah and USC in a Pac-12 battle at the Coliseum in L.A. Boise State had Air Force in at Albertson Stadium. And now on football Saturday, getting your Saturday started early at T-Town as Alabama and the Southern Miss Golden Eagles get together at Bryant-Denny Stadium. This is a game set off set for a high noon Eastern 11 Central Tuscaloosa Dreamland Barbecue time in this pairing of teams from Interstate 59, only about an hour and a half apart from each other. Alabama expected to walk away a victor here in this game. But remember, Southern Miss has given Alabama fits through the years, won some times when they should not have won. And this game televised on ESPN2 from BDS at the Capstone in Tuscaloosa. Another SEC battle going on is an SEC versus SEC battle. And this is also a 12 noon Eastern, 11 Central Nashville time. The Vanderbilt Commodores, who were winless on the season, remember they lost to Georgia in week one and then fell to Purdue on the road. Well, the Commodores have the LSU Tigers ranked number four coming into Vanderbilt Stadium. This same, this game set for a to SEC network start again at high noon Eastern. And a lot of people on the SEC, SEC East side of the bracket are looking forward to the Ben Hill Griffin skirmish between the Florida Gators ranked number nine and the Tennessee Vols who are one and two on the season. Finally got a win over UTC in week three. And this game, again, starting right at lunchtime from the Swamp. And is this game going to have sort of the clash that we 
you used to have back in the 80s or 90s, really more in the 90s when they were both in the SEC East in the 2000s as well. Well, uh, if you take away the dramatic win from a couple of years ago, the Hail Mary, this series has pretty much been eh, kind of boring. And so this game, a chance for Tennessee at least to have a, a decent showing. It's on ESPN again, starting at noon Eastern time. Let's go out to the Big Ten. Michigan is going to be going to Camp Randall. They have Michigan and Wisconsin in a top 13 matchup. The Wolverines 11. The Badgers are 13. This game, again, on Fox. It's from Camp Randall, and it starts at noon Eastern. Another high noon kick is one that's going to be hot in Oxford, Mississippi, at Vaughn Hemingway Stadium, especially hot for those California left coasters. The Cal Bears and the Mississippi Land Sharks will have a battle on ESPNU. And this, again, a 12 Eastern, 11 Central time kick, which is what is that, 8 in the morning or 9? I guess it's 9 in the morning in Berkeley. And so the Berkeley folks can just stay up all night Friday night and party or do whatever they do there. I don't think they do a lot of studying these days. But congratulations to Cal coming to the great state of Mississippi for a matchup. And by the way, the Cal Bears are right now ranked number 23 in the country. They're 3-0. and Remember, it was Cal defeating the Washington Huskies just a few weeks back in a big road win for them. So it's going to be a fun time seeing Cal in Mississippi, which is not the first time. I remember 10 years ago, I think it was, the Cal Bears and Coach Tedford came into Hattiesburg for a battle with the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. The Battle of South Central Southwest Ohio is going to be happening at Ohio Stadium as the Miami Red Hawk Red skin indians are going into the the big house uh, is it the big house the horseshoe the horse i never can get that right a horseshoe at ohio state the big house is michigan okay now i got it down ohio state and miami and this is a battle of teams that used to play a lot but not so much anymore on the big 10 network this game set for a 3:30 eastern time kick there in columbus and the sec donnie brook of note this weekend that texas a&m hosting all battle on cbs from kyle field in college station and remember we're going to have an hour two tommy turberville weighing in on this matchup you don't want to miss out on the fun as the gus bus is riding back into texas remember week one auburn went into arlington and walked away with a very very thrilling win over the Oregon Ducks, and now they go to Aggieland for a battle with Sarge and his brigade of Ags. At 3.30 Eastern from Pittsburgh, the big catch-up bottle is going to host the Pitt Panthers and the UCF Knights. The Knights rank number 15 right now, and depending on where you are in the country, this game will be televised either on ABC or on ESPN2. Hey, you can't say enough about UCF. They are a a force. If you don't believe me, go back to week three when they took care of the field and just just kind of sent Stanford way back to the left coast crying. And UCF and Pitt is your matchup in the mid-afternoon on ABC or ESPN2. Similar deal, if you don't have that game on your channel, then there's a pretty darn good chance you might be seeing this one as those Huskies, which lost to Cal, Huskies of Washington, who are 2-1, and one, they have BYU on the schedule, and that game is going to be from Provo, Utah at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU, if, I win, if, if the Cougars win here, they're going to be ranked because, remember, they came back and won in overtime against Southern Cal 
last week and now having another Pac-12 team on the schedule and the Cougars give them credit as an independent now having a powerhouse from the West Coast perhaps some people would say the best team in the Pac-12 coming in to Provo for this battle again on either ABC or ESPN2. It's the battle of the Iron Skillet from Amon Carter Stadium in Fort Worth as rivals SMU and TCU get together for nearly the 100th time. This game will be televised on Fox Sports 1. It starts at 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Metroplex time, and it'll be a fun game between two unbeaten schools. Yes, SMU 3-0 and TCU, which went into Purdue country and won against the Boilers. Now they're at home with their rival riding in from Dallas. It should be a great game there in the Dallas-Fort Worth area here on this football Saturday. Those Oregon Ducks, which fell to Auburn in week one in the Metroplex, they are going to be on the road as they're at the, what do they call it, the farm in Stanford Stadium, and that's in Stanford, California, as the Cardinal, the Birds of Stanford, the Indians, if you want to go back in the day, the Stanford team hosts the Oregon Ducks. This is a game set for 7 Eastern, 6 Central on ESPN. And the Virginia Cavaliers, ranked number 21 in the country, a great job by UVA. They've moved up in the rankings this week, and they've got a fairly new program from within the Commonwealth's borders that's playing at the FBS level. The old Dominion Monarchs ride into Scott Stadium, and this is a game that's going to commence at 7 Eastern, 6 Central on ESPN2. Great job there by Bronco Mendenhall getting his troops ready for this one. The Clemson Tigers have a pretty easy day at the office. As they'll or easy night rather, as this will be a 7:30 Clemson time kick between the Tigers, ranked number one in the country, and the UNC Charlotte 49ers. This game televised on the ACC network. A big game in the Big 12. Oklahoma State and Texas are your ABC primetime game. This game in Austin at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium, and Notre Dame and Georgia. A great game that's going to be televised on CBS. CBS with a doubleheader on this football Saturday, as they'll have Auburn and Texas A&M early followed by Notre Dame ranked seventh and the Georgia Dogs ranked number three. This game there at Vince Dooley Field at Sanford Stadium, it starts at eight Eastern, seven Central, again televised on CBS. Late game in the Pac-12, Colorado goes on the road to Tempe and they visit the number 24 ranked Arizona State Sun Devils at Sun Devil Stadium. Colorado two and one. Remember, they defeated Nebraska one week and then turn around and lose to Air Force last week. Arizona State is undefeated, and again, they are 3-0 and and ranked number 24 in the country. And the last game featuring a top 25, Mr. Mascot Man, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, Coach Leach there in Pullman, Washington this week had a chance to go off with some of the Pac-12's mascots, and he didn't say too many good things about the UCLA Bruin, but the Bruins of UCLA do ride up north from Cali, and they're playing this game at Martin Stadium in Pullman. It'll be a late game, 10.30 Eastern, 9.30 Central on ESPN between the Bruins, who are unwinless, I guess, unwinless is the best term, winless at 0-3 against the undefeated Washington State Cougars ranked number 19 in the country. And when you're ranked number 19, yeah, you can have some fun poking at your fellow big, rather Pac-12 teams and their eh, lackluster mascot choices. And that is a look what's up, at least from a top 25 standpoint here 
on this football Saturday, getting you ready for kickoff and more. That's what we do here on the Y'all Kickoff Show. When we come back after the break, we've got some news from the Atlantic Coast Conference. We'll pass along, including some comments from Dabo Sweeney. And Jonathan Leifheit of 24-7 Sports in the CBS Sports Network is going to be on to kind of walk through the lineup and weigh in with his specific thoughts about some of these top 25 teams from the ACC, but all of the other action going on in the conference here this weekend. That's up next as the Y'all Show with the General, John Rawl is, and, and that is, and also General Gridiron, continues here. Don't go anywhere. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. It's the Y'all Show. Talk with a southern accent. And the Clemson Tigers getting ready for a game here as they have the Saturday evening contest against the UNC Charlotte 49ers. First time I think these two have gotten together is the 49ers out of the Mecklenburg County area of North Carolina have not been playing college football, but about seven, eight years. And how crazy is this? This team, which was a startup just a couple of years back now, facing off against the number one team in Clemson there at Death Valley. More to come on that when we get Jonathan Leifheit's take on that. But this is the Y'all Show, the Y'all Kickoff Show, and our ACC Spotlight. And before we get into the breakdown of the actual contest here, let's give you a little ACC news here and warchant.com put an article out this week talking about how florida state is historically bad and yes they're historically bad maybe from a win-loss standpoint at least here in modern history i don't think this is the worst team ever in fsu football history but this article by ira shuffle it says that fsu's time of possession is historically bad as the team struggles with time of possession it's not just bad by FSU standards, according to Ira. The Seminoles are not simply ACC bad or even nationally bad. He says they're historically bad. Through three games, FSU's offense ranks last of the country in that category, possessing the ball an average of 23 minutes and 10 seconds per game. That means the Seminoles' defense is on the field for an average of 36 minutes and 50 seconds. And what's crazy about this is Florida State has not played, to my knowledge, a team that plays like a triple option offense, which is all run game, run game, run game. That time of possession really hurt a fellow ACC member last week when they went up against a team that does that, a team called the Citadel Bulldogs out of the FCS, for goodness sakes. And the Citadel dominated time of possession. And guess what? Citadel escaped with that win at Bobby Dodge Stadium. But Florida State, which has not been playing triple option themes, you haven't seen them play Army or Navy or even the Citadel Bulldogs 
and they're having such a hard time keeping their offense on the field. And that just means their offense is bad. They can't get first downs. And when you don't get first downs, you have to punt the ball, and your defense is back on the field. So, yes, this is horrible news if you are a Florida State fan. In fact, there are only four teams in the country averaging less than 25 minutes per game. San Jose State is just below 25 minutes. Kent State at 24 minutes. And those unwinless UCLA Bruins are just under 24 minutes. Only one FBS school in the last 15 years has ranked anywhere close to FSU's current pace of 23 minutes and 10 seconds, and that was the 2015 Hawaii team that went 3-10, and and that was under Norm Chow, who was fired later that season. So FSU, sorry to, to poke it in your eye, but things are not good for you. As we mentioned, Georgia Tech last week had a horrible outing against the Citadel Bulldogs, a team that was 0-2 in the FCS ranks, a team that had lost to Towson and the Elon Phoenix and then went into Bobby Dodge Stadium at Historic Grant Field and beat Georgia Tech, a team that had just escaped the previous week against South Florida and the Charleston, South Carolina-based military school, go Bulldogs, won at Georgia Tech last week. And because of that, Georgia Tech now shows up in a ranking that's not exactly something you want to find yourself. It's CBSSports.com's bottom 25 college football rankings. And because of the loss to the Citadel last week, the ACC's Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets are firmly planted here in this listing of bottom teams. At number 14, and the definition that goes into why they are here, is Webster's defines karma as the force generated by a person's actions held in Hinduism and Buddhism to perpetuate transmigration and in its ethical consequences to determine the nature of the person's next existence. All right, that's a little bit too scientific for me. So the writer here says, I define it as deciding to no longer run the option and then losing to a FCS team that runs that option offense. That is why Georgia Tech lost. This is a program that had had an option offense, I think, for 11 straight years. And then the Citadel comes in there, which again struggled against Elon and Towson and ends up defeating Georgia Tech in week three. And because of that, the Yellow Jackets are firmly in this list of some of the worst teams in college football right now. Exactly where you don't want to be if you can help it. Now, if there's any positive news for the ACC, they're the only team in there. And yes, there's an SEC team in there. I won't mention them. This is not the SEC spotlight here on today's y'all kickoff show, at least at this point. If you like SEC coverage, guess what? You're in luck. At the start of hour two, we'll have plenty of good SEC talk. Plus, we'll have Big 12 talk coming up in hour two. But that's kind of the news going on in the ACC. Now, let's talk about the matchups of the Atlantic Coast Conference here as we get ready for kickoff. And that Yankee team, the most Yankee team, in the ACC is getting ready for kind of a a matchup with another Yankee team, a team that's got a little kind of a connection to this whole sport we call college football. Boston College Eagles are packing their bags, and they're heading to one of the early teams that played this sport of college football. Rutgers played in that inaugural game against the Princeton Tigers back in 1869. Well, I don't think it's going to be quite so historic this football Saturday, but Piscataway's got the high point com stadium ready for bc and rutgers this game is going to be televised on the big 10 network starting at 12 noon piscataway time is bc going to rebound from their embarrassing loss to kansas well since they're playing rutgers their odds are pretty good so yeah 
Okay. Well, that's good news for fans of BC. Hey, Syracuse, the Orange, which is going to have to rebound. Now Syracuse finds themselves with a losing record, one and two. Of course, they lost to Clemson. That's no surprise, but they're still reeling from their shellacking at the hands of the Maryland Terrapins, which then went and lost to Temple last weekend. But Western Michigan, the Broncos ride into the Carrier Dome for this game set for a high noon ACC Network kickoff on the ACC Network. Jonathan, is Syracuse ready to, to match the wit of the Broncos? I think so. They they're due for a bounce back. Dino Babers is a good coach. They, they're they're struggling a little bit. I think to kind of put the chemistry together on on offense. But I I don't think Western wish Mich- Michigan has what it takes. If they do, well, shame on uh, Syracuse. All right. Well, speaking of the ACC Network, you'll find this game on the ACC Network. Their digital component, Wake Forest. And Elon get together at BB&T Field. Wake Forest again with that big win over UNC in Week 3. The Wake Forest Demon Deacons now 3-0 and on the season. Elon comes into – by the way, Elon in Week 2 defeated that Citadel Bulldog team, Jonathan. I know that probably makes you excited. And oh, yeah. while we're talking Thrilled. about the fighting Christians, also known as the Phoenix of Elon, do you just happen to know one of their most famous alums? I do, and I have to know him personally, West Durham. Oh, yes, West Durham. And I don't know if he's on the call for the ACC Network for this one, but Elon and Wake Forest, neighbors right there in the greater Winston-Salem area, and they'll be getting together for a high noon kick from BB&T Field. UCF, man, give them a lot of credit. They just took care of business at home against Stanford in week three, and now they pack their bags. They're heading to the big catch-up bottle at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. The Panthers, which are one and two on the season, they've got UCF. What will it take for Pitt to come out victorious in this one? Oh, well, they're going to have to play a lot better on offense than they have been playing. Uh, you know, they, they just seem to – they always seem to come close, but they never can quite get over the hump, at least uh, in non-conference play. So they got to get some offense going up there. Battle of teams from the Old North State at Keenan Stadium mid-Saturday afternoon as the 2-1 and one North Carolina Tar Heels and Mac Brown welcome in a school he coached for the whole year of one as Appalachian State comes into Chapel Hill for this battle. It's set for a 3.30 kick on the ACCN Digital Network and Appalachian State now in the Sunbelt Conference. UNC has had a pretty good season to date and of course Appalachian State with their new coach who was the offensive coordinator for nc state in years past i think his name is Drinkwitz. does that sound right eli Drinkwitz, yes and he'll be leading the mountaineers in to orange county for this matchup on saturday here's a game that will i guess be worth tuning in for a little bit to see if the boy with the lemonade stand can raise it even more <laughs> money louisville is on the road again they're at dope campbell for a game in tallahassee against the florida state seminoles louisville comes in with a winning record two and one scott satterfield who was at appalachian state in years past and then took the big paycheck and went to Louisville as the Cards and the Knowles get together. This is set for a 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central kick on ESPN. Jonathan, your thoughts on this one? I I think this one uh, might be a lot closer than people think coming into the year. I think Florida State fans probably had that one chalked up as a win, but the way Louisville's played thus far, I'm not so sure about it. And, And then when you also factor in how Florida State's played, it makes me even less sure. So, uh, this one could go either way. Yep. 
Well, Miami Hurricane fans, get ready as Antonio Brown's alma mater, Central Michigan. The Chippewas come to Hard Rock Stadium for a battle here on Saturday, football Saturday on the ACC Network. It's a four Eastern, three Central kick. And Miami, one and two on the season. Don't don't take it easy, Hurricane fans. You better be there and support because Central Michigan's coming on a mission. I think uh, that Miami will handle them just fine. Okay. Antonio, who's a native of Miami, by the way, I wonder if he'll be in attendance since I'm not sure if he's even playing these days. You know, actually, I think he's up with the Patriots unless they released him. Yeah, well, with him, anything's possible. Of course, I don't really keep up with him too much, but uh, NFL players. Yeah, neither do I. Yeah, you know, he's the most, I guess, famous player to come out of Central Michigan, at least in the last couple of years. Old Dominion, the Monarchs, they took care of business against Virginia Tech last year, and now this year they go to the flagship University of the Commonwealth as Virginia ranked 21 in the country this week has the Monarchs coming into Scott Stadium. This set for a 7 Eastern, 6 Central kick on ESPN2. And Jonathan, we saw Old Dominion in week two, I think it was, going to Blacksburg, give a fight, but ended up losing to the Hokies here this year. Are the Cavaliers in for a trap game here? Um, You know, they could be. They, they're coming off an emotion, probably a somewhat emotional win over Florida State, even though Florida State's not all that. Nonetheless, you know, Florida State has that kind of that name. So uh, they could be if they look past them, but normally – uh, Virginia you know, under Bronco Mendenhall, he's usually going to have his guys ready. So I, I feel like they'll probably win pretty handily. All right. Dave Doran's Wolfpack, if you hate the color red, you might not want to go into Carter Finley Stadium come football Saturday because on ESPNU, you'll be tuning in or you might be in the stands there at Carter Finley as the Ball State Cardinals. David Letterman, you, is going to be taking on NC State. Lots of red on both sidelines in this one, Jonathan. Yeah, that's pretty much a guy like me's worst nightmare. Too much red. Yeah, too much red. And can I add insult to injury? Both schools, yeah, sure. Both schools also use black, so it's kind of a red-black yeah. combo. Your favorite. Oh, my favorite. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, hey, if you don't like that, Jonathan, then head on to Memorial Stadium, Clemson, South Carolina, because Death Valley's got to have a bunch of orange and a little bit of green sprinkled in as the UNC Charlotte 49ers and the Clemson Tigers get together. As far as I know, this is the first meeting between Clemson and UNC Charlotte as UNC Charlotte just started playing football about a decade ago, and Clemson easily the number one team in the country. They're favored by, oh, probably uh, the distance between Clemson and Charlotte, North Carolina in this one. Yeah, I don't see any issue there with Clemson. They should cruise cruise easily. They'll score early and often and probably have their, their subs in uh, early in the second half. All right. A couple teams who are not playing this week include the Duke Blue Devils and the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. I know we talked about Duke's win on the road in Murfreesboro last week. Both the Devils and the Jackets going to take a little breather get things fixed and we know there's a lot to fix at georgia tech georgia tech we didn't really kind of add on to the pile here but offensively quarterback play for georgia tech what can they do here in this off off week to improve that before their next game well i i think the first thing is is they need a quarterback to step up and 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 uh make the position his right now they've they've been playing three um, this last week they played two. One of them actually got injured during practice during the week. Uh, Lucas Johnson and Tobias Oliver. One of them needs to start making plays. Uh, Lucas the better passer. Oliver the better runner. Um, I, I, I'm hoping that it seems like Oliver has a better command of things. 
Um, but he's got to improve his passing, so that's what they need to have happen. When week five rolls around, Duke's going to start the week out early. They've got a Friday night game at Lane Stadium against Virginia Tech. The Jackets will be on the road at Temple, an out-of-conference game, after their off week, and that was next week. But we got still a lot of fun going on here in week five, uh, rather week four of ACC football, and we can't thank Jonathan Lifite enough for coming on and help us break it all down, sir. All righty. Well, thank you much for having me. It's always a pleasure. All right. That's got you ready for ACC kickoff here on this weekend of great college football. And we're not done talking about our different conferences. Remember, in hour two, we'll have our SEC spotlight of action here on this football Saturday plus Big 12. And we'll have our college football land yap, a mixture of the group of five games and FCS action. Oh, and headlines to all that in hour two. But up next on the Y'all Kickoff Show our friend, our hero, General Gridiron, is going to ride in on this white horse and deliver his week four prediction. And you cannot wait to hear what the field marshal of football foretelling is going to tell you. And it's going to be, it'll, it'll just make your weekend. So that is up next. General Gridiron is headed your way next on the Y'all Kickoff Show. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. Welcome into the bunker of General Gridiron, Phil Marshall of Football Forecasting. We're about to map out the way this college football weekend is going to go. Will your favorite team be marching to victory, or will the enemy be taking your battle flag? Yes, the leaves are starting to fall, cotton's ready for picking, and the action on the battlefields of pigskin glory are really starting to heat up in this fourth weekend of gridiron greatness. So grab your helmet and man those battle stations. We're ready for another round of General Gridiron's football foretelling. Oklahoma State at Texas. The Pokes ride into Austin with a four-game win streak in this series. That's got to be hard to swallow, Bevo fans. Sure, UT has endured rather hard times for most of the last decade. But jeesh, this is Oakey Light we're talking about, not that other Sooner school based out of Norman. The mullet man has Chuba Hubbard grinding away in the backfield. Last week at Tulsa, the second-year Canuck amassed a career-high 256 yards rushing and three TDs. Now that's what I'm talking about. This DKR Donnybrook will be a dang good one. And when the day ends, the herdsman will lasso the longhorn cattle one more time. The general's victor, Oklahoma State. LSU at Vanderbilt. Purple and gold windsuits meet rhinestones. In a rare visit to West End, Coach O's number four powerhouse already has a big road win to their credit. Now, Vanderbilt Stadium ain't exactly the 40 acres, so there'll be a little adjustment needed for old number nine behind center. 
The Doors are rather happy the crazy Cajun and his traveling troop are Nashville bound. VU has been on the short end of games against tough teams thus far, and the weirdness of playing at the Commodore's Junior High Stadium has caused headaches in the past, i.e. Auburn 2012. Derek Mason's bunch will put up a fight, but Mike the Tiger will be cutting a new hit in Music City. The Generals' victor, LSU. Tennessee at Florida. Oh, remember the days when this game was the biggest game in the SEC in the month of September? Well, thanks to UT's rocky ride off a Smoky Mountain cliff these last few years, this contest is kind of meh, bland, next. After claiming the title of top branch in the University of Tennessee system after dispatching UT Chattanooga, UT Knoxville now sells south to the swamp to keep the win streak a-going. The Gainesville Reptilians jump into this one with Felipe Frank's sideline for the remainder of 2019. There might be a few growing pains as the contest progresses, but the old orange and blue will certainly crush the big orange. The Generals' victor, Florida. Michigan at Wisconsin. Jimmy Harbaugh's weasels are sitting at number 11 in the latest AP poll. Somehow, the Mays Michiganders have escaped Army's cavalcade and MTSU's valiant effort. After taking last Saturday off, UM is ready to enter Big Ten play and show off Shea Patterson's arm and legs. Paul Crist's variety of Wisconsin weasels have finished their preseason slate of contests versus South Florida and Central Michigan. And the combined point total for those two games, Badgers 110 and the two other guys, a combined zero. The general can't guarantee another shutout this Saturday, but he can guarantee another Bucky butt whooping. The general's victor on Wisconsin. Auburn at Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher's towel-waving farmers have seen the ups and downs of college football in only three games. Sure, they lost at top-ranked Clemson, but look mighty spiffy destroying in-state inferiors Texas State and Lamar. With the East Alabamians soaring into Aggieland, we'll know a lot more about both A&M and Auburn when the final whistle blows. AU and Bo Nix already have a successful trip to the Lone Star State as a notch in their bright orange belt. And this here SEC opener will answer the big question. Is Gus's seat warming up? And the answer is it's, it's getting warm, but not quite too hot. The Generals' victor, Auburn. Still to come on this week's college football forecast, there's an iron skillet up for grabs in Fort Worth. And the Georgia Dogs want to give the little leprechaun from South Bend a big old L between the hedges. Keep it here. General Gridiron will be right back. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table. Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. 
Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Howdy, soldiers. This is General Gridiron back with you. Each week, this fabulous football forecast is heard on some of the finest radio stations all over the land of cotton, including WTKE FM 100.3, 93.5 FM, and 97.1 FM, the Ticket Sports Network, on the white sandy beaches of Destin, Fort Walton Beach, Pensacola, and Panama City, Florida. And the Talk of Jackson, WTJS FM 93.1 in Jackson, Tennessee. We appreciate all of our radio affiliates. Now, let's get back into the football fight. UCF at Pittsburgh. Outside of the theme park capital of the world, the rest of college football is ready to demote the Knights back to obscurity. Unfortunately for all y'all, UCF's 2017 and 2018 campaigns have sort of made the nearly 70,000 student university relevant. And then last Saturday, against a Power 5 opponent, and a pretty good one, Josh Heupel's gladiators cut down the Stanford Redwoods with relative ease. Now, the American team strolls into the giant catch-up bottle, hoping to joust another Power 5 team in consecutive weeks. For Pitt's sake, Rock the Panther is having a rough go of it in 2019, and as long as they stay out of Permani Brothers for a pregame meal, them Florida boys ought to do just fine. The Generals victor, UCF. Kentucky at Mississippi State. Oh, yeah. The cross-divisional rivals meet again in Stark Vegas. Get your cowbells ready. Well, this game ain't exactly set up for Kirk Herbstreet and Lee Corso to be on set. Tough week three losses to UF and K-State had the cats and dogs both scratching themselves this week. The home team has prevailed each of the last three meetings. And in a series that's currently tied at 23 games apiece, a series that commenced during the 1914 season, by the way, this contest will shift the scale to one side, the maroon side. The Generals' victor, Mississippi State. Washington at BYU. UW sits at number 22 entering this contest in Desiree. That's a pretty good place to be for a pack of canines that somehow fell at home in week two to the Cow Bears. The Mormons are bubbling under the rankings, but man, are they on a roll. Roaring back to win on Rocky Top and then an OT sequel and escape against a ranked bunch of Trojans from South L.A. The Cougs are getting their sea legs as the calendar's quickly approaching October, and them legs are going to give Harry the Husky one heck of a thumping. The General's victor in a close one, BYU. SMU at TCU. The Iron Skillet Battle. This 99th Metroplex melee goes down this year at Hell's Half Acre, where the home team enjoys a 51-40-7 ties edge in the series. These two really don't like each other, and that's what helps make this skillet skirmish scintillating. One of the few highlights of the 2018 season for Gary Patterson's Leapers was a 30-point lassoing of the ponies, which stretched the Christians' win streak to seven straight. In 2019, the hits will keep on a-coming in Cowtown. The Generals' victor... TCU. Notre Dame at Georgia. 
What a big game it was two years back when the hairy dogs hunkered down and touched down Jesus' shadow and got the road W. That victory springboarded Kirby and the boys to an SEC championship and as close as you can get to a natty. Now the Catholics come on down to Dixie for a top 10 college game day battle of the Goliaths. Boy, oh boy, this is going to be fun. Jake Fromm, whom the bell tolls, <laughs> and that chapel bell will be a-ringing throughout the night when the Warner Robins Wander sends Notre Dame to confessional. The General's victor, Georgia. Well, those ten bold picks are sure to keep you on the edge of the Lazy Boy all day Saturday. But hang on to your helmet, there's more around the corner. We'll be back in just a moment to wrap up this week's General Gridiron with our Rapid Fire Picks. This is a cow, a cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. And now Vistaprint is introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. For a limited time only, get free shipping on all business cards in any quantity with promo code 3131. That's promo code 3131 at Vistaprint.com. Own the now. My mother was very familiar with her neighborhood but one day she stopped at the stop sign and she wasn't even really sure where she was at when something feels different it could be alzheimer's now is the time to talk a message from the alzheimer's association and the ad council this is general gridiron back with you we've already maneuvered through this weekend's frontline college football showdowns now it's time to fix bayonets and storm the field with our rapid-fire football forecast. Colorado cuts down Arizona State. Louisville licks Florida State. Iowa State F4s Louisiana Monroe. Missouri scratches South Carolina. Wake Forest scorches Elon. West Virginia wins at Kansas. Stanford outstudies Oregon. Virginia crowns Old Dominion. Clemson runs over UNC Charlotte. Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket Killers, the Citadel wins the Battle of Charleston versus Charleston Southern. California in a close one at Mississippi. Baylor boils rice. Washington State keeps UCLA winless. Alabama rolls over I-59 foe Southern Miss. Kennesaw State triple options Missouri State. Central Arkansas hangs 10 at Hawaii. East Carolina takes William and Mary's loot. Georgia State outlasts Texas State and Louisiana Lafayette Filet Gumbo's Ohio. Well, troops, you can now put your swords back in their scabbards. We're all out of picks on this week four edition of General Gridiron. We'll be back again next week, same General Gridiron time, same General Gridiron station. So don't forget to tune us in on the radio, Facebook, YouTube TV, or download the Y'all Show free on iTunes podcast. And don't forget to tell your friends all about the show. Simply search for General Gridiron. This is John Rawl, the General of Gridiron Glory, thanking you for letting me be a part of your weekend celebration. General Gridiron is a production of Y'all. For more, log on to y'all.com, the ultimate guide to the South. Thank you. Thank you, General. General Gridiron, right here exclusively on the Y'all Kickoff Show and the Y'all Show, y'all.com, our website. And hit us up if you'd like to weigh in on the General's picks or anything else college football related. Our telephone number, you can text or call 24-7, is 
1170. Well, coming back after the break, we'll jump into hour two of the Y'all Kickoff Show, getting you ready for kickoff. Oh, in Aggieland, it's going to be towel raising time, and they're going to be spinning those things around big time. But if Auburn comes in and plays like they are capable of in the Lone Star State, those towels waved by the Corps of Cadets there in Aggieland might not be spinning around quite so much. We'll talk about that matchup. We'll actually go in and listen to our friend Gabe Bach there in College Station. He hosts the Texags Maroon and White Report, and he had a very special visitor on his show leading into kickoff, and that was Tommy Tuberville, a former Texas A&M football assistant who went on to be the head coach of the Ole Miss Rebels back when they were Ole Miss, and he also found himself as the head coach at Auburn before going to Texas Tech and Cincinnati. But yes, very fond of what he did there in Aggie land. And of course, Auburn fans love the, I think, six straight wins he had against the Alabama Crimson Tide. And oh, by the way, Tommy Turberville now running for U.S. Senate in the great state of Alabama. Tommy Tuberville is going to be a special guest in the second hour. Plus, we'll have our Big 12 spotlight. We'll also look at a little barbecue and information from our barrister of Bodacious Barbecue and Big 12 football, Matt Hermans. And the Y'all Kickoff Show wraps up in hour two with our college football lanyard and from Dixie with Love. One heck of a show here for week four. Don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council.
It's the second hour of our Y'all Kickoff Show as we focus on all things college football, but we kind of put a little extra emphasis on Dixie. And I'm your host, John Rawls. So good to have you back here. We've already walked through the ACC lineup. We also have told you what all's going on in the top 25 of college football. But we're going to kind of focus now in this hour on the SEC. The Southeastern Conference has a couple of good games going on and even a good conference versus out-of-conference. Uh, the, the SEC versus the Independent Conference in Athens, Georgia, Notre Dame winds its way between the hedges and we'll tell you about that matchup we'll also hear in just a moment from tommy turberville the former head coach of the mississippi land shark rebel black bears and now he is running for a u.s senate in the state of alabama of course for a while he was the head coach of the auburn tigers and he also before all of that was an assistant coach in Aggieland with texas a&m back in the 1990s and tommy tarperville called in to one of our friends show this week the tex ags maroon white report and we've got the clip of that we'll play for you in just a few minutes here as part of our sec spotlight plus we have sec headlines to pass along to you in just a few minutes, we'll have our Big 12 spotlight and a combination of Big 12 news and a rundown of the weekend games from that conference. Our friend Matt Hermans, the barrister of Big 12 football and the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, will have not only a little Big 12 talk, but a little advice on how you can turn your popcorn into game-ready popcorn. Yeah, popcorn's a great thing here on the football Saturdays, and we'll get the barrister's take on that in just a few minutes here when we have that spotlight of all Big 12 action. And we'll wrap up this hour with a look at what's going on in the group of five games and the FCS ranks. And from Dixie with love will be the end of our show here at the end of this hour. So 803-816-1170 is our telephone number if you'd like to be a part of the All Southern Show. We'd love to get your input anytime, 24-7. And you also can catch us via a couple of streaming apps if you have an iPhone or an iPad. It's so easy. Just go on and search for Apple Podcasts, the TuneIn Radio app, or the iHeartRadio app. It's free of charge. Just search for Y'all Show. And the Y'all Kickoff Show, which is the Friday edition of the Y'all Show, was right there waiting you. It's a free download. Let's get into the SEC headlines. And sadly, we do have some sad news coming out of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And we'll let you know how the unfortunate news of a fallen officer from the Tuscaloosa police officer, how it affects the University of Alabama. As unfortunately this week, TPD lost officer Dornell Cossette as his patrol car is now sitting out in front of the Walker Champions to allow the community to pay their respects to this fallen officer. He was killed Monday night while attempting to make an arrest on the west end of the city of Tuscaloosa. He was, of course, a huge Alabama fan. And what did Alabama, the Crimson Tide fan and the administration there, Greg Byrne, the athletic director, do for this fallen Tuscaloosa police officer? Not only did they allow his patrol car to sit in front of the Walk of Champions there outside of Bryant-Denny Stadium, but they also lit up the stadium blue to pay respects to this fallen Tuscaloosa police officer. And I'll be honest, I've never seen this done at any stadium, turning it blue like Alabama did this week as a tribute to Officer Cassette. And what a great gesture by the capstone of the administration of Alabama. 
The city of Tuscaloosa is holding a candlelight vigil for him this week as well, and that was in the Government Plaza area of downtown Alabama. But yes, a sad day. I, I know I'd seen a photo of this fallen officer working at an Alabama football game in the past. That's a usual thing you'll see, just like at most of our stadiums around the country. The local police officers have a chance to go work the game and crowd control and safety and things like that. And unfortunately, this fallen officer now remembered in his hometown of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Thank you to all of our officers out there. And we also want to remember our fallen officers. And unfortunately, this week, this officer from Tuscaloosa, Cazette, he now joins the sad, the line of those who fell in the line of duty. Now, more Alabama Crimson Tide news to let you know here. This from the injury front. LeBrian Ray will miss at least the next six weeks recovering from surgery on his foot. That announced this week by Coach Nick Saban. A preseason all-SEC selection. Mr. Ray injured his foot during the game at South Carolina in week three. Saban said the timetable for his return depends on how he responds to treatment and rehab with Ray sideline, the Crimson Tide likely to turn to true freshman Justin Eboyje to start. He'll be the fourth true freshman starter on defense, joining defensive lineman DJ Dell and linebackers Christian Harris and Shane Lee. So that injury news coming out of Alabama. Now we'll also let you know about something coming up as far as a 2019 signee. Antonio Alfano, as Coach Nick Saban has said, that this guy has essentially quit. He's essentially quit this defensive lineman, the number five overall player in the class of 2019 and the top-ranked player in the Crimson Tide's most recent recruiting class. He went missing from the program last week after reportedly entering the transfer portal to be closer to his sick grandmother, and that still appears to be the case, according to Nick Saban. And Saban said on Wednesday, quote, well, I don't really know much about that. I just know that that guy basically quit. Okay. He quit going to class. He quit coming here. We tried to encourage him. We tried to help him. We tried to set up counseling sessions with him to help him every way we could. And all those things are still available to him if he wants them. But he didn't respond to any of those things. So until he responds, you just have to assume the guy quit. This was the top recruit for Alabama here as Antonio Alfano is he's right now missing in action and evidently out of service for the Alabama Crimson Tide. More Nick Saban news, but this one actually ties into his days in Baton Rouge as he helped lead the LSU Tigers to the 2003 National Championship. And congratulations to Saban as he's been inducted into the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame 15 years after the Bayou Bengals and Saban had a messy divorce back in 2004. He's set to be inducted to the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame in 2020. Nick Saban, a rocky road when he first started in Baton Rouge. Remember that loss to Hugh A.P.? But then leading that team to a national championship 2003 and then shortly after that, taking the money and heading to the Miami Dolphins, which that did not turn out all the well. But remember, has Miami done much since Saban left that program or that that franchise 10, 12 years ago? No, Miami is a dumpster fire. It's such a disaster. I bet you they'd like to have Nick Saban back. Okay. All right. Let's pick on Alabama, but we're really kind of picking on South Carolina with this next news item. Okay. Dabo Sweeney, coach of the number one Clemson Tigers. We we should have mentioned this in our ACC spotlight, but this was actually too good to miss. And this is too good of information 
to mention in the ACC section. We need to mention this in the SEC section. Even though this is coming from a former Crimson Tide player and the current coach of the national champion Clemson Tigers, okay? Well, media this week in Clemson during his press conference, they tried to kind of get Dabo to weigh on the ACC's kind of lackluster week three, a weekend where the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, the cross-divisional rival of Clemson, they lost their home game to FCS opponent, the Citadel, okay? An embarrassing loss for the ACC. So when he spoke with reporters on Tuesday, what did Dabo Swainley, what did he do to double down on the assessment of his program and the ACC in general? talking about the Citadel's 27-24 win over Georgia Tech, he argued that the Citadel Bulldogs were Alabama's toughest game last season. Remember, this is a guy who graduated from Alabama, played football for the Crimson Tide. He said that the Citadel was Alabama's toughest game last season until the SEC championship against Georgia. And he also took a little jab at South Carolina in his quote this week in Tigertown. Okay, He said, that's college football. The Citadel was probably Alabama's toughest game of the year last year until Georgia. I'm just telling you the truth. The Citadel beat South Carolina. Okay, he's referring to the 2015 23-22 win the Citadel had over the Gamecocks, the year that Steve Spurrier retired. Okay, and yes, the Citadel, of which yours truly a huge fan of and a proud alum of, yes, they are a giant killer in a lot of ways. But Dabo Sweeney had to poke it in the SEC's eye this week. And I was at that Alabama Citadel game in November of last year. And yes, it was a game that was tied at halftime. And I had the greatest time, at least for a half. I thought that the Citadel could pull off the the, the greatest upset ever. And they did it for a half. And then, unfortunately, they ended up losing that game 50-17. to 17. And there were a lot of other SEC teams, by the way, that did far worse than the Citadel against Alabama last year. Remember, that was supposed to be the greatest team ever in the history of football, which ended up losing to Clemson and Dabo in the national championship game. But, yes, Dabo not going to sit there and take it. He's going to poke it back at the SEC for the lackluster effort against the Citadel for South Carolina, at least, which lost to Citadel uh, two times in the last 25 years, by the way. Eh, Maybe a little bit more 25. But two out of the last three times those teams have played those great South Carolina institutions – the, the military school from Charleston with an enrollment of just over 2,000 beat the mighty SEC member with like 35,000 students or 40 or whatever it is now. All right, we want to go to Gainesville for our next headline here. Why Florida's new quarterback hasn't started since he was a high school freshman. This is a story out on ESPN.com. Sam Kahn Jr. wrote this. Kyle Trask was lifting Florida to a pivotal come-from-behind victory over UK last week. A host of his former high school teammates reached for their phones. And the quarterback is kind of a big part of the reason that the Gators ended up coming in. Felipe Franks got really, really, really injured in this. is done for the year. And now Kyle Trask is going to be coming in to help steer the Florida Gators. But according to this article, he has not really played his last start at quarterback for the first time since he was his high school freshman, making him a 2019 college football unicorn. He'll fill the void left by Franks, who suffered a dislocated ankle in the UK win that ended his season. And unfortunately for Franks, but fortunately for Trask, he'll get the opportunity as the Gators host the UT Vols at a high noon swamp time kick here this football Saturday. But he is excited as he played at Manville High, a great school that's provided a lot of Division I talent. 
and he is going to have a chance here against the hated UT Vols here this weekend in the SEC versus SEC action from the Swamp. Speaking of the Gators, HBO has announced a new all-access college football series titled 24-7 College Football, and it's going to chronicle a couple of schools, three of which are not in the South, Arizona State, Penn State, and Washington State, but the Florida Gators are going to be in the mix in this series that will begin in October. It's a four-part documentary showcasing the lives of head coaches Dan Mullen and coaches from those other schools, and it will also have players and assistant coaches all over a one-week period during the regular season. So the Gators of UF, a mixture of that coming up on this program. You'll make sure you want to tune in for that. All right, let, let's kind of walk through the rundown of your SEC lineup here for this college football weekend. If you want to tune in and join in on the fun of the SEC, as we mentioned, that Florida-Tennessee game is going to be one of your early games here. You have to tune in early. It's a game set for ESPN at 12 Eastern, 11 Central. Southern Miss and Alabama also in that same time slot. LSU Vandy from Vanderbilt Stadium also the early kickoff time. And, hey, there's another one. There's four SEC-related games going on at high noon Eastern, 11 Central this football Saturday. In Oxford, the Cal Bears come all the way from Berkeley to take on the Mississippi Land Sharks. That game again on ESPNU. And then mid-afternoon, CBS is going to have Auburn and Texas A&M from Kyle Field. Kentucky and Mississippi State get together at Davis Wade Stadium. That is a four Eastern, three Central kick from Davis Wade Stadium. The South Carolina Gamecocks and Missouri have the Battle of Columbia. This time it's in Columbia, Missouri at Memorial Stadium. This game set for a four Eastern Three Columbia time, Columbia, Missouri time kick on the SEC network. The Arkansas Razorbacks are going out of conference. San Jose State wanders into Fayetteville for a game at Razorback Stadium. And then the late game in SEC play here this football weekend is Notre Dame ranked number seven against the Georgia Bulldogs ranked number three. This game in between the hedges at Sanford Stadium, it begins at 8 Eastern, 7 Central on CBS. And that is your lineup of SEC fun here on this week four. And let, let's just kind of take notes and, and just enjoy the moment. Okay. Well, let's also enjoy the fact that a great SEC coach of yesteryear was a part of our friendly show here, the Maroon and White Report. That's a show produced each week out of College Station, Texas. Gabe Bach and others host this show, and you can find it on podcast form. Just search for Maroon and White Report. And this week, Tommy Turboville called into the Maroon and White Report to talk about this weekend's big Auburn A&M game. Again, a 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 kick from Kyle Field on CBS. And the coach of the Auburn Tigers, the coach of the Rebels back in the 90s, now running for U.S. Senate in the state of Alabama. And he had some fun talking about his Aggie days as he was an assistant coach back in College Station back in the 90s. And here's Coach Tuberville remembering those early 90s days in Aggie land. The wrecking crew of 1994. <laughs> what a group of kids we had that year, man. They were unbelievable. Well, it really was. What? Armstrong. Uh, after he changed the name from Shorter. Yeah, Reggie Brown. Reggie Brown. Uh, Ray Mickens was still around, I believe. That's right. Coach, that was a special group. Oh, yeah. Eddie Jasper. We, yeah, we had, we had some good football players. Yeah, and they played hard. And uh, it, it was just it was a fun group. You know, I kind of inherited it from R.C. And I guess I took over for Bob Davey. You know, he went to Notre Dame. I left Miami. Of course, I left, I left behind in Miami. I left uh, Ray Lewis and Warren Sapp. So, that's two pretty good football players there, too. <laughs> uh, 
No doubt about it. Co- Coach, how's that Senate campaign going so far? You know, it's going good. You know, I'm a Christian conservative Republican, and and we somehow uh, elected a Democrat last time. It was just a total debacle, and getting a Democrat elected senator in this state is unbelievable. So I decided to run, and uh, my poll numbers are outstanding. You know, being a football coach in this state, people are tired of politicians. I mean, I actually like football coaches in this state, which is uh, which is uh, a positive for me. So I'm excited about it. You know, it's recruiting on steroids is all it is. I'm out every day shaking hands and signing autographs and kissing babies. So I'm looking forward to it. It's a lot of fun. Plus, you have a history of doing pretty well in the polls, uh, even in your yeah. previous career. So, uh, hey, Coach, here's something. I, before we get started, something I wanted to ask you, and it's about, uh, you know, you were, you know, you've coached here. So I wonder what your reaction was, the, the national reaction when uh, A&M uh, pursued and then hired Jimbo Fisher was uh, of uh, real surprise that 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 A&M was able to pull it off and, and get him to leave Florida State. Um, as a guy who had coached here and been in that uh, uh, in that that profession, um, were you as as equally surprised? Well, you know, I've been in this profession a long time. 40 years I coached and I know all these guys and then I grew up and Jimbo Fisher is younger and a little younger than me but I watched his career he's actually at Auburn when I took over in 99 with Terry Bowden good football coach and it's hard to find them now that really have grown up and been under good coaches that have put their plan together to understand that stability is is how you win games and it's about recruiting and and putting everything together uh, you know, to build a business, it's it's a huge business, and Jimbo is very good at it. And took over and worked for Bobby Bowden. Uh, need I say more? You know, one of the best ones that's ever coached and put together a football program. So I, I thought it was uh, a big coup for A and M to get him to come there. Uh, and it's hard to find guys that are head coaches that are good, good quarterback coaches. It's almost impossible. It's hard to find a good quarterback coach as it is as an assistant. And so. Uh, uh, A&M is very lucky. Uh, good guy, good football coach. Uh, Going to be some up and downs. He knows that. I think he fits that program very well. How about the job he's done to this point, uh, Tubbs? And also, what do you think, because you've been here before, and we've often talked, and A&M's been labeled the sleeping giant for a long time, and when they've had the guy in place, they've won a bunch of ball games, and this place you know they support you, and it looks a lot different than it did when you coached here in terms of <laughs> facilities and arms race and everything else. What do you think Texas A&M is capable of now that, quote-unquote, the guy is in place as head coach? Yeah, there's no better coach in college football than Texas A&M. Uh, there's some comparable, but not many. I mean, you can take an Oklahoma, uh, probably an Oklahoma because of where they're at, and then you can probably take Georgia. Uh, there's just a few places that people just hang their hat on, you know, football in that, in that, at that university, and everybody's all out for it. I mean, you know, there's other sports and all that, and, and that's good. But, you know, the Aggies, they believe in their football program. They believe in, in winning, and, and they believe in supporting it. Man, as, as you just said, look at the facilities. And, and uh, of course, there have been some iconic coaches there, you know, over the years. Uh, you know, R.C. and Jackie Sherrill. And it's just, uh, I think you got the right guy now. Just stay behind him and, and continue to build that because there's some other good ones, obviously, and, in this league in the western side of the conference that he's going to have to spend for every year. And I didn't put Alabama in there a while ago, and I didn't do it because, because you know, everybody knows where Alabama's at. They know where Auburn's at. And uh, A&M's right there, you know, right there. And it's, it's going to be a, 
it's going to be a war this year in the SEC West. I mean, I'm looking forward to going to a lot of the games and watching how it unfolds. Well, how much college football have you been able to watch? Because your attention's obviously been split right now. But And then pointing directly to this one, Saturday, what a huge game this is for both teams. Auburn at Kyle Field and A&M. Yeah, I, you know me, I love college football. I'm not going to miss many games. You can watch most of them on TV. I did see Auburn play a couple of weeks ago against Tulane. Uh, I just happened to be in town off the campaign trail. I uh, won't see them again until probably the end of the season. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, and it's competitive. There's some good players players out there. You know, Alabama's going to be the cream of the crop right now. Just uh, Nick's got everything going. You know, he's so focused, and what the guy's done is amazing. He loses his salesman every year. I call them salesmen. They're your recruiters. He loses all of them almost every year, and the guy continues to recruit and coach like nobody else. And so he's just hard to catch up with. But, you know, I like A&M. Uh, Ellen Mon is – he's got to give uh, Jimbo gray hairs. Man, the guy looks great. And all of a sudden he'll put it on the ground. You know, he'll throw it to somebody else. And that's that's part of coaching college football. you got to be able to overcome that. And then, of course, you look at uh, Gus. He's got a kid, what, 18 years old, and Bo Nix. He ain't got a clue what he's doing yet, but he's getting better every day. And I think A&M's catching him at a good time. First time on the road. Uh, no, they went to Dallas, but that wasn't really a road game. Uh, young quarterbacks on the road. Uh, he's going to be a heck of a football player, but they're catching him at a good time before he really has been through the wars and the battles of the SEC West on the road. Yeah, Coach, I wanted to ask you, uh, when you were a defensive coordinator, uh, how – how much would you have enjoyed or or looked forward to or however you want to say it to going up against a, a you know true freshman quarterback? Well, the thing that, you know, the, the, the common denominator of all coordinators, and I grew up under Larry Lacewell and Jimmy Johnson and R.C., you know, guys that really knew how to call a, uh, a game on defense, how to put together a game plan. And it's a known fact I learned early in my day you pressure a young quarterback, you try him out, you give him stuff he hadn't seen before. And that was from the Maroon and White Report, a sister show here of the Y'all Kickoff Show, a show all about the Texas A&M Aggies. And that was former Aggie assistant, then turned Mississippi head coach, turned Auburn head coach, turned Texas Tech head coach, and then finally the UC Bearcats head coach, Tommy Tuberville on the Maroon White Report, and we're glad to include that section of that of him talking about this weekend's big Auburn-Texas A&M game from Kyle Field. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we're going to switch over to the Big 12. We've got some news to pass along to you from that conference, and our barbecue barrister will kick the fun off talking a little popcorn. Popcorn on college football game days. Oh, it's a great combination. And you'll hear that up next on the Y'all Kickoff Show. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. And now Vistaprint is introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. For a limited time only, get free shipping on all business cards in any quantity with promo code 3131. That's promo code 3131 at vistaprint.com. Own the now.
I cannot say that I've done popcorn and actually popped the kernels on a grill or a smoker. I, I'm sure that would be possible uh, if somebody wanted to do that with a pan. I don't do it that way. I kind of do it the old-fashioned way with uh, with the uh, 1980s-style popcorn pop where you pour the kernels into it and it shoots it out the little nozzle there. I'm sure some people probably yeah. remember that. Oh, yeah. Um, but... What I do, I'm one of these guys, I like to put real butter on the popcorn. I like to melt the butter. I like to pour the butter over the popcorn, a little bit of seasoned salt or a little bit of, honestly, barbecue rub. Very, That's very what good. I was thinking yep. you probably did that. Yeah, but I take it another level, too. So I like to... <laughs> I knew it. I'm glad I, I asked like this question. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, if you've never done like a Memphis-style dry rub on your popcorn, you're missing out. It's fantastic. It is really good. You want, you want that kind of rub. The only reason I say Memphis-style rub is I don't. you don't want popcorn with the heavy, sugary, kind of uh, traditionally Southern-style barbecue rub, in my opinion. You want it pretty savory. You want it light. Uh, you want it kind of powdery, which is the consistency of the, uh, the Memphis-style rub. But the, if you want to take it, so that's really, really good. But if you want to take it to the next level, and I've done this before, and it's awesome, when you melt the butter put it on the smoker great info from our barbecue barrister matt hermans and yes who knew that you could mix in a little barbecue seasoning with your popcorn and make a great spread on game days this is the y'all kickoff show glad to have you back here we're winding our way through the second hour of this getting you ready for kickoff show and we're so glad that you could join us y'all.com our website well the barbecue barrister switches over now to talk a little big 12 football there's some good games going on in that conference some rivalry games to boot and let's go in now and hear from the barrister talk about this action on the y'all kickoff show Ames is going to have another game of excitement we hope this weekend maybe not quite exciting for cyclone fans as iowa state has louisiana monroe coming into jack trice stadium this set for a high noon eastern time kick on this football saturday it's the battle of the golden skillet is that right smu tcu that's right. That's right. They're the uh, the uh, iron skillet. Right? Iron the skillet. Iron okay. Skillet. All right. Sorry. Golden iron. My apologies to all the Mustang and Horn Frog fans. <laughs> this one at Eamon Carter in Fort Worth, and this will be mid afternoon between this, these rivals there from the Metroplex. West Virginia packs its bags and heads to Lawrence for a Big Twelve battle with less miles. This game set for a five thirty, rather four thirty Eastern, three thirty Central kick, uh, and that is in Memorial Stadium in Lawrence. Baylor and their old foe Rice will be getting together at Rice Stadium in Houston for a battle on Saturday evening. Oklahoma State and Texas will be at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium in Austin on the 40 acres. And this is a battle of number 12 Texas, by the way, and the Pokes. And I think I heard this right, Matt, that Oklahoma State has beat Texas in Austin many times in a row. Do you happen to know that that number? I want to say the last three times, so that would be six years. Right? Okay. I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah, that's that's what I thought I had heard, and now you're confirming it. It's it's hard to believe Oklahoma State can go into Austin and win as much as they have, and I assume they've also held serve there at Stillwater with the horns coming up there every other year. All right, let's go into a little bit more detail on these matchups. The Cyclones, again, last week losing to the Hawkeyes in a heartbreaking form. 
and they've got UL Monroe, a team that should have beat Florida State just the other day. And do you think it's, this is going to be a close game in your opinion? I think it'll be close. I think a lot of games for Iowa State this year will be close. Uh, surprisingly, I still think the Iowa State Cyclones will end up having a, a fairly decent uh, team this year. I know they've, uh, they haven't looked the part so far, but I like Brock Purdy at quarterback. I think Matt Campbell will get that ship righted. I think they'll beat Louisiana Monroe, but I don't, I don't think Iowa State's going to blow anybody out this year. They're just not that kind of team. But I look forward to beat Louisiana Monroe. Personnel-wise, what are they missing this year that maybe they didn't have last year when they went bowling? Uh, a couple of big wide receivers. Akeem Butler, uh, big, long, strong wide receiver, and a kind of an all-around athlete uh, by the last name of Lazard. Both of these are now NFL players, really good uh, really good, big athletic targets for uh, for Iowa State. Brock Purdy's a, a pretty highly recruited quarterback for Iowa State standards. He's a good player, but he's going to have to find uh, a couple of go-to guys to get the ball down the field to since he's missing those two guys. Fox Sports 1 televises a battle of rivals and Matt Herman's undefeated teams getting together in Fort Worth. SMU is 3-0, and TCU is 2-0, and again, coming off a big win over Purdue this past weekend. And what do you expect there in Caltown? Well, I expect um, this is a big this is a big rivalry. Um, it has uh, it's kind of one of these under the radar things. One team is, is in a Power Five conference, the other team isn't, but they do not like each other at all. These are two. It's kind of interesting. They're two private schools in two cities uh, in the same general metropolitan area, and uh, <laughs> you know, there's all kinds of arguments. Who has the better looking campus? Who has the better academics? Who pays more in tuition? I don't know. It's kind of a funny rivalry. It's kind of a funny matchup. TCU certainly had the upper end of, of the uh, the stick with a better program over the last 10 years or so. But SMU will come to play. They always do. Uh, they've got a pretty decent little offense running over there. I anticipate uh, TCU wins the game going away, but I would imagine the first half is pretty hard fought. And uh, SMU will always bring their best for the Horn Frogs. Well, again, old rivals going back, I guess, to the Southwest Conference days. And, hey, congratulations to SMU. This is a program, not just in football, that's kind of been, let's say, on a whole other tier. And they're not in a Power Five conference, but they're in the best conference they could possibly be in, and that is the American Conference. And they weren't left behind in CUSA like, let's say, a Southern Miss team. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you talk about how that shaked out. Uh, you would certainly rather be in SMU's position than the uh, the Golden Eagles there for sure. Yeah, so that is a big game there in the Metroplex between those two teams. And you can actually go to y'all.com, the battle of the college football traditions, the contest going on at y'all.com, and both SMU and TCU are a part of that. And you can weigh in on which one of those schools is the better tradition or whatever other Big 12 school that might be part of the mix. It's a lot of fun. And I, I did some of the research on that. Matt Hermans, our, our Big 12 guy here. And I had to find out what would the name was of those guys at TCU football games that are kind of on the sideline or in the end zone that wear the cowboy hats. Do you know what I'm talking about? For for which which uh, program for T- TCU for the football team? Oh man! Oh, there's 
Hmm. I'm drawing a blank. Well, yeah, if probably... you ever watch a TCU home football game, you'll see uh, about six, a half dozen fellas in purple button-down Oxford shirts. It's it's a purple dress shirt, and they've got cowboy hats on. And I don't really know their purpose, but if you go to y'all.com, you can find out for yourself. So that's why I just wanted to point that out. And you'll learn yeah, about there's... other traditions there at TCU, too. That's that's pretty cool, and I'll probably go look at it myself because there are several of those similar kind of things throughout some of these Texas schools. University of Houston has some guys that do that, and uh, TCU does. There's different names for them, uh, but I'm drawing a blank on TCU. But I'm sure they're – Do, do I'm you sure even know what I'm talking about? Have you ever seen them? I do. I do. I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Um, but I would. I don't know what they're there for. I'm sure they have a pretty important purpose. That's a good reason to go visit all that. It is a good reason, and you'll find out actually when you go to the article how they get chosen for that role. They don't just randomly say, "Hey, there's a guy that looks like he would look good in a cowboy hat. Let's put him on the sideline." That is part of the fun that we have at the Battle of the College Football Traditions going on right now at y'all.com. By the way, other Big Twelve traditions that you can log on and find out all about mask writer at a school called texas tech you can find out about that and the and the bell that rings there at texas tech by the way what is the purpose of the bell matt when do they ring that bell that bell starts ringing whenever something good happens it's okay. not a specific uh you every time when texas tech scores the bell is going to ring but uh it's kind of up to the saddle tramps which is the organization that runs the bell Something good happens. They want to get the crowd fired up. That bell can go off whenever it needs to. That's what I thought. You can sometimes hear it in the middle of the action. Correct? Uh huh. Absolutely. Noisemaker, uh, for sure. It's it's whenever whenever you need a little bit of that bell, that bell can get rung. Have there never been penalties toward that bell? For no, there hadn't been any. No, there hasn't. Uh, there has not been. I know Mississippi State has had some of that in the past with cowbells, but no. No, hadn't hadn't had any issues there for whatever reason. Maybe if there were you know thirty thousand of them, that'd be a different story. All right, we got a Big Twelve battle going on in Lawrence between the team with a winning record, the Kansas Jayhawks, and another team with a winning record. Again, two teams we've kind of picked on in weeks past here on the Y'all Show in our Big Twelve spotlight. The Kansas Jayhawks have the West Virginia Mountaineers coming into Memorial Stadium. What do you expect here on this four thirty Eastern? 3.30 Lawrence time kickoff between these two foes? Well, first of all, this is clearly a national championship preview, so everybody should go ahead and get ready for this. These two juggernauts about the meet. Um, the Clash of the Titans. I saw a sign uh, from some of the Kansas fans this last uh, week during the game. They want Bama. So, uh, you know, West Virginia is kind of a warm-up, I think, for KU's run to glory. But, no, I'm being a little bit facetious, but on the no, other hand, oh come on. No, no, but on the other hand, both of these programs have gone from looking awful to looking great this last week. So, you know, I anticipate two teams that are really ready to play. I think it's going to be a good game. I'll still I probably would lean to West Virginia. I like uh, I like Austin Kendall, the way he's playing. I like some of the talent there at, uh, at wide receiver. And I think uh, once Neil Brown gets a little bit of momentum, he'll start going. I'm not sure kansas can can maintain that level of offensive performance but uh hey two two uh uh, programs that looked really really good last week i anticipate a pretty good game but i take the mountaineers 
Well, the Baylor Bears are 2-0, and and they're going to be on the road at Rice Stadium for a game against Rice. I guess we should give Rice a little bit of a shout-out. They weren't completely demolished by the Texas Longhorns at NRG Stadium this past weekend. No, no, I guess I guess you're right. They uh, they came out and played with some pride. I think uh, Texas, towards the end of that game, were giving some guys uh, who don't usually play some time, but that, that's not terribly out of the ordinary. Rice did not lose seventy to, to zero or anything like that. They did show some. Uh, they did show some pride there in their hometown, uh, fighting against the Texas Longhorns. But um, you know, Rice is, is going to struggle this year. They just are. They're zero and three, by the way, right now. Yeah, they're, they are struggling, and they will continue to struggle. They're just they're just not a program with a whole lot of really high quality D one players right now. Uh, not to say that won't change down the road, but this is not going to be the, the best year for Rice. So um, I don't think they'll get blown out. I think, shoot, you only lose by 31 or uh, maybe 28 to Texas. I'm trying to think of the final score, but it wasn't that ugly. Uh, you'll probably hang in the game a little bit, but uh, probably won't get it done. And you're saying it sounds like like the Bears are going to sick them here at Rice yeah, State oh, yeah, this weekend? Yeah. So, yeah, so I think Baylor will win the game, and I think they'll probably win the game big. Baylor – is still a question mark a little bit for me. I, a lot of people uh, we talked about at the beginning of this uh, this season picking Baylor to maybe win nine or ten games. So I don't, I'm not quite sure about that yet. If I've uh, and I'm sure, I'm not sure the Rice game is going to tell us anything. Again, Matt Rule there has done a pretty heck of, a heck of a job after the Art Brow scenario. So uh, Baylor is still a question mark. But yep. so far, you got to give. Uh, you know, an exclamation point next to the question mark. CBSN is the network for this on Saturday night. And then Oklahoma State and Texas in the biggest game of the conference this weekend at DKR. Again, as we said, the Pokes ride into Austin with a little bit of chip on their cowboy shoulder. They've won in Austin several times in a row. And the big question, will number 12 Texas thwart them this weekend and send them back to Stillwater with a loss? Oklahoma State, certainly not intimidated by playing on the road against Texas. We know that for sure. Uh, well, plenty of wins there. They're a team like Kansas State. Kansas State is one of these other programs that has no problem going in and beating Texas uh, no matter what kind of year they're having. Oklahoma State is similar in that way. So Oklahoma State um, is an interesting team. They struggled the first half uh, this last week against Tulsa, surprisingly. But the second half, you know, the, the depth of the, the – the P5 team kind of kicked in, and they, they ran over Tulsa. Spencer Sanders is the, the freshman quarterback for Oklahoma State, a very talented, very highly recruited uh, guy out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, Denton Geyer High School, um, mobile. Any relation arm. to Barry? No, no, no relation to Dion either. I, I, I checked <laughs> on both of them. <laughs> but – uh, pretty athletic quarterback. I think he's got some potential there. Mobile, throws a good ball. He's still a true freshman, but I think as the season goes on, he will improve. Probably not going to improve enough, in my opinion, to beat the Texas Longhorns, who I still believe have a, a, a pretty decent shot at winning the Big 12 based on uh, their, their, their strength on defense and then the solid offensive personnel led by Sam Ellinger. Uh, so I think Oklahoma State will give him a run. I think Sanders is just a talented guy, true freshman, though, that is going to be, while not the loudest or most intimidating stadium in the world, that will be the first time this kid has played in front of 100,000 uh, 
uh, people, period, coming out of high school. So it'll be a little bit intimidating no matter what. Texas will come out ready to play. Battle of burnt orange versus bright orange. I'll take the burnt orange in uh, in a pretty decent game, though. And this on ABC, this set for a 7.30 Eastern, 6.30, 40 acres time between OSU and UT. And it appears several teams are kind of taking this Saturday off. I don't think every team I mentioned in the Big 12 listed here on the lineup of games, this might be that off week for a couple of programs like Texas Tech, for example. I don't think it has a game this weekend, right? No, it's a bye week for Texas Tech. That's right. Texas Tech is off, but they will also not be happy about what's happening with the starting quarterback. Alan Bowman is going to miss several weeks with a shoulder injury as he suffered this in the loss to Arizona last week. Again, quarterback for the Red Raiders, Bowman out for a couple of weeks after he sustained this injury. This information confirmed this week by Matt Wells of the Red Raiders. And the sophomore missed several games last season due to a collapsed lung that limited his campaign there. It limited only eight games. And now we'll have to find out who's going to fill his shoes there for the Red Raiders going forward for at least a couple of weeks with this shoulder injury for Allen Bowman. When we come back on y'all, we're going to wrap up the show today, the y'all kickoff show. We'll talk a little group of five and FCS news and maybe a little headlines of some of the action going on of note. All that when we wrap up our y'all kickoff show next. Hey, Dad, want to shoot some hoops? In a bit, buddy. I promise. Allegra knows that allergy symptoms can get in the way of enjoying the moment. I'll just play by myself. For outdoor and indoor allergies, get Allegra. It's the fastest non-drowsy allergy relief. It starts working in one hour, helping you break through your worst allergy symptoms with continuous 24-hour relief. Yes! Great shot, buddy. Let's play another game. You're on, Dad. Get Allegra and get back to the moment. Among single-ingredient OTC-branded oral antihistamines. Use as directed. Y'all kickoff final segment, and this is the show all about the South and our lead up to kickoff for our Southern college football teams primarily. Hey, we have a game going on in Greenville, North Carolina. The fight's on there. You're hearing of the East Carolina Pirates and Mike Houston looking for his second win on the young season. The William and Mary Tribe out of Williamsburg, they come into ECU country for this game at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. This is a game that's going to start at 6 o'clock Greenville, North Carolina time game time there on ESPN3. You can tune in digitally and see this matchup. Other American Conference games going on. Temple will be at Buffalo. The Tulsa Golden Hurricane have the Wyoming Cowboys riding into Chapman Stadium. Last week they had the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Now the Wyoming Cowboys. They're coming in for a game here this weekend. As we told you earlier in the show, TCU and SMU get together at Fort Worth. Pitt, UCF get together. And the UConn Huskies will be in Bloomington to take on the Indiana Hoosiers here 
on this football Saturday. A couple of American teams having the day off here on this football Saturday. CUSA lineup here for this football weekend. We told you Southern Miss will be at Alabama. The South Alabama Jaguars will be at UAB, a game televised on the NFL Network from Legion Field, set for a 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Birmingham time kick. FAU has Wagner in for a matchup. The Old Dominion Monarchs will be at UVA. Baylor will play Rice at Rice Stadium in Houston. The Charlotte 49ers will be at Clemson. UTSA, the Roadrunners, will be at North Texas. And the Nevada Wolfpack will be playing at the Sun Bowl against the UTEP Miners. That the action going on in CUSA. And then for the Sun Belt fellows, this football Saturday, the Louisiana Monroe Warhawks will be at Jack Trice to take on the Iowa State Cyclones. The Coastal Carolina Chanticleers will be at UMass. Louisiana Lafayette will be at Ohio. Troy will be playing the Akron Zips. App State, big matchup there for them as they'll be going to Chapel Hill to take on the Tar Heels. USA, UAB, we told you about that a second ago. Southern Illinois, the Salukis will be in Jonesboro to take on the Arkansas State Red Wolf Indians. And Georgia State, the Vol Killers, will be in San Marcos to take on the Texas State Bobcats. That game set for a Saturday evening ESPN Plus game there in San Marcos. And that's your Sunbelt action here on this football Saturday. And then finally, let's talk a little FCS action. And hey, we got to tell you a little news coming out of the FCS. The former, the rather, the coach of the Alabama A&M Bulldogs is Connell Maynard. And he's not very happy about what happened last week when his Bulldogs went over to Florence, which is only about an hour away. And they went to play the UNA Lions, North Alabama. And there was some real bad blood between these two schools who had really only played, I think, one time before. And that was last year as UNA just moved up to the FCS ranks here in the last year. And it was a very ugly scene there. And the coach of the Bulldogs of U- of University of Alabama A&M University, he says, this HBCU says that they aren't going to be playing anymore. They're done playing UNA going forward. So that's bad news if you're a fan of football in North Alabama, not just UNA, but the entire region of the Yellowhammer State that loves its college football. But Likes to have other teams outside of Alabama and Auburn get a little attention from time to time, and that's exactly what these two schools offer. And unfortunately, these two schools say they're not going to face off anymore. All right, let's talk a little CAA from the FCS ranks. Some games going on today. Elon's at Wake Forest, and you have Delaware hosting the Penn Quakers. Hey, that's a great matchup there in Newark at Delaware Stadium. You have the Chattanooga Mocs. They got James Madison coming into Finley Stadium for a matchup on ESPN+. And we have New Hampshire and Rhode Island getting together. And a very good Towson Tiger team at 3-0 hosting an undefeated Villanova team at 3-0 at Johnny United State in Towson, Maryland, just outside of Baltimore, and that game here in the middle of the afternoon on this football Saturday. And in the Southern Conference today, the Furman Paladins, which nearly beat Virginia Tech in Week 3, FU and Mercer get together at Paladin Stadium in Greenville. And also this weekend, VMI, which won a big game last week on the road at ETSU. The Kedats, who are right now 2-1 and one on the season. Way to go, VMI. They've got Robert Morris out of Pittsburgh coming in for a matchup at Alumni Memorial Field on the campus of VMI. They 
as we said, the the Mox and James Madison get together in Finley Stadium. Hey, it's the Battle of Charleston, South Carolina, as the Charleston Southern Buccaneers head down I-26, about 15 miles, and they visit the Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket Killers, the Citadel Bulldogs, in this game at Johnson Hagen Stadium, set for 6 Eastern, 5 Central on ESPN+. Wofford has their nearby rival from Bowling Springs, North Carolina. It's Wofford and Gardner-Webb from Gibbs Stadium in Spartanburg. This is set for a 6 o'clock Spartanburg time. The Sanford Bulldogs, they're going to be playing that Alabama A&M team I was just telling you about from Seaford Stadium in Birmingham, in the Homewood area of Birmingham. Sanford and AAMU. And finally, East Tennessee State and Johnson City, they're going to be having the Austin P. Govs come in for a matchup. Austin P. 2-1 on the season out of the OVC and a fun game set up for a William B. Green Jr. Stadium. And this is a 7.30 Johnson City time kick there in the SoCon. And that is a lineup of some of your FCS fun here on week four. And thank you. That will conclude our Y'all Kickoff show for this exciting week four. And we'll be right back here again next week with week five, getting you ready for more and more football action. I'm John Rawls signing off. Thank you for listening to Y'all, the kickoff show. And if you want a podcast edition so you can share it with your friends, just go into Apple Podcasts or go to y'all.com. Well, again, we'll be back here Monday for the Y'all show. And all Monday through Thursday, we'll have great action and great news about the South. And then come Friday of next week, we'll have the Y'all kickoff show. Thank you. Enjoy your football Saturday. And go team. Here's from Dixie with Love to get us to kickoff. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. And now Vistaprint is introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. For a limited time only, get free shipping on all business cards in any quantity with promo code 3131. That's promo code 3131 at vistaprint.com. Own the now.